you a woman searching for purpose and success? A housewife? Maybe a single mother? You're in the right place. Welcome to Savvy Speaks Empowerment Podcast with Ms. Lisa Nobles. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to the Savvy Speaks Empowerment Podcast. I am Ms. Lisa Nobles, your hostess, and I am so excited and elated to have you join in with me today. Speaking of today, our topic will consist of weight loss, Lose the weight and keep it off, family. I'm excited about this. I have a very important guest joining me for this empowerment segment at the Seven Speak Brown Table. This segment is dedicated in sharing the importance of making good food choices and remaining consistent with while maintaining physical activities or incorporating physical activities for us to keep that weight off. So our guest will discuss her journey towards weight loss and how to keep the weight off by um, making um, physical as well as eating better choices or adjustments. Yet incorporating, I want you to also realize that we are going to incorporate emotional changes that comes along with the weight loss journey, right? That will help you to make permanent and meaningful modifications that will leave you committed to a life of total transformation. So we're going to give a warm welcome to our guest, Queen Katarina Love family, who is a psychotherapist, healer, a poet, poet and an author who discovered waiting, writing as a therapeutic tool to process her healing journey. And I am with her on it. I agree 1000%. Katarina has been published in many anthologies and has just finished her first book a memoir called The Lesbian Chronicles Family. She resides in Canada in Canada, and has a love for her pet, which I wanted her to tell you more about her pet because I'm an animal lover too. So welcome, Queen Catherine, to the Seven Speaks Roundtable. Family, again, our focus today is weight loss. Lose the weight and keep it off. So welcome, welcome, Queen. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Okay, thank you, Lisa, for inviting me here. Mm-hmm. I am 62. Mm-hmm. I have struggled with weight and food and eating ever since I was 14 years old. Mm-hmm. My mother, who also has weight issues and eating issues, never had any good food in the house mm-hmm. and when I say good I mean like good cereal sugary cereal junk food so all we had was white bread wonder bread right mm-hmm. and one day at 14 I took a piece of wonder bread mm-hmm. and made little pills from the bread and mm-hmm. I kept eating one piece two pieces and after six pieces I thought wow this really works I feel better I feel numb and that made me feel better and 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 basically I did that until uh until I was 60 Mm -hmm. and when I turned 60 the day I turned 60 I heard a voice, God's voice. Mm -hmm. I heard a voice that was not me saying, Katerina, this is your chance. This is your chance to change. Mm -hmm. And so 
I, I took it. I started that day. I told myself, no matter what, I would never harm myself with food again. I love that. I love that. And are you ready, family? Then let's talk about it. Weight loss, lose the weight and keep it off. And so, Katarina, you have a very interesting story and your journey. And that's why I'm excited about sharing this with our audience. So can you share a little bit more? And you've already graciously started to begin the conversation, especially with the family history. You know, just a little bit about your backstory, even your dad's journey and the elements which led up to you realizing that it was time for you to make a change and lose weight. Just tell Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So growing up, I grew up in a very wealthy, very dysfunctional Jewish home. Mm -hmm. And um, in Montreal, and I'm not sure how families are in the states, but in Canada, in a, a wealthy family of Jewish background, the best thing you can say to someone is you've lost weight. Everyone is focused on food and being thin and not eating, on dieting, and so I was thrust into that world very young and mm. my mother um, as I had said earlier could never my mother was brought up by her mother there's a lot of intergenerational trauma mm -hmm. around nurturing and food and her mother came over from Poland as a young girl and had to leave her family behind. And I don't know what happened to my grandmother, mm -hmm. but when I met her, she was not able to nurture. And so my mother grew up not knowing how to take care of herself or certainly a family. And so I rewarded myself by eating mm -hmm. and then starving. So I was always slim. Mm -hmm. But I would binge for three days, right, and then not for three days. So no one knew my inner journey and my struggle. I didn't, I wasn't about to share it, right. Uh, but I grew up in in this family system of trauma, and so many people grow up in that place where the only comfort that you can get is food, and so I took it. I love that. I love something that you just said, Katerina. You said the only comfort you can get sometimes is food. Um, I wonder, it leads me to wonder how many people out there who feel the same way and have, you know, I was sharing with you offline about an, um, op ex, an expo that I attended a, a few days ago and one of the, on the panel, it, um, the panelists, the, the discussion was that a lot of us, we don't see healthy food choices or physical, physical activity as we were growing up and, and we fit and, and what the panelists were saying. Are really validating in your story was that for for growing up in a home where you don't see healthy food choices or physical activity being exemplified, we grow up as adults making bad choices. And in in your journey, you talk a little bit more, even yes, just about your mom and her cooking habits, but you speak about your dad specifically and his mindset. How did that mindset influence 
your choice of of not making good um, healthy food choices, or that comforts you if if you know what you what I mean. Absolutely, Lisa. So, mm-hmm. my father, his name was Joe, mm-hmm. and he was a very successful businessman in Montreal mm-hmm. and owned um, many clothing stores, women's clothing stores. Right. Uh-huh. When, in Montreal, in those days, many, many decades ago, it was a small community. Mm-hmm. And when I would walk down the street by myself, people would, strangers would come up to me and say, you're Joe Greenbaum's daughter. <laughs> and I would say yes. And I so identified with my father. And we would sneak off mm-hmm. together because it was a bonding thing and have uh, smoked meat and have french fries yeah. and have. And so that was, and that was our thing. And especially because my mother was so against any of that food right. then it would, it would be like our special bonding but he what happened with my dad was he was so angry he was so mm-hmm. self-hating mm-hmm. that he harmed himself with food yeah. and unfortunately the rage and the bad food choices led him to have a quadruple bypass surgery at um at my age at 62 right unfortunately he had suffered a stroke during the operation and uh, never recovered fully and was just in in agony emotional and physical for the next seven years until he passed away right and then you talked about how that affected you, um, you know, even just from his choices. So then, and which we'll get into a little bit later about, you know, two years ago, how you just decided, you know, that, hey, this is what needs to happen. So at this point, um, what role did your emotional state, based on your backstory, contribute to you remaining in an unhealthy physical state? So how did that how did you that contribute to you suppressing your emotions to where I know you kind of spoke about making the bread into pills to kind of give you that that coping of you know emotional or whatever you were coping with at that time. So what what led that for year after year uh, uh, to contribute to your emotional or disengagement? Well, Lisa, I grew up in as I said, very wealthy home. Mm-hmm. But very dysfunctional. There was a lot of emotional violence. There was physical violence. Mm-hmm. And food, food was my friend. Food was there. Food wouldn't leave me. Mm-hmm. Food would never yell at me or abandon me. Mm-hmm. And more than anything else, food was my drug of choice. Now so if talking. I had... <laughs> Well, you know, like so many women, and that right. food is mm-hmm. there, and it and it's legitimized. Yes, you know, if mm-hmm. you see someone smoking right now, you might think, "Oh, they shouldn't smoke." Right. But if you see someone having a candy bar, you're not. You'll just be like, "Here's someone eating candy bar." Right. So, um, or having a sandwich. Right. For me, because I was always thin, it was more. 
the intensity that I would approach the food mm. rather than the amount. So I would eat. Wow. To, I would eat to mm. obliterate my feelings. Come on. So, mm-hmm. um, no, they said that. So I would have a feeling. A feeling would come up. For example, um, I wanted a date with someone. Mm-hmm. The date, the date didn't show up. Right. Now I don't know. I didn't have. I couldn't be my own best friend. Right. I couldn't be my own good mother. So what I would do is get in my car. The second the date hung up, mm-hmm. I would get in my car and drive to McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Have a hamburger. Right. Now I would feel a little bit numb. Mm-hmm. So then I would take it to the next place. Now I'm driving to Burger King. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm eating again, even yeah. though I'm full. Yes. But I don't want to be full. I want to be numbed out. Yes. And so mm-hmm. I would eat, even though I wasn't hungry, mm-hmm. even though I was full, because I didn't want to feel the pain of being rejected again. Oh, I, I love this. And this is the meat of our conversation, family. This is the meat of why this uh, this particular journey is so prevalent and so important to um, to to us today. And one of the things that I love is that now we're talking about, like you said, a lot of us have a lot of different addictions. But how many of us can can really say that we're addicted to food? Because I can tell you right now, Katarina, that I am an emotional eater. I'm right there with you, and I know that my weight will fluctuate based on sometime my emotion. I am just like you. I can relate. I, I know that feeling. And I love this in particular. And family, I want to point out, some, highlight what she said. She couldn't be her own best friend. She couldn't be her own best mother. So what is your reason for overeating or whatever your 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 coping mechanism is? So how much weight did you you lose, Katerina? And, and um, what was that journey like for you? When did you finally say... Or matter of fact, let me back up. When did you finally say, okay, now I see all these elements, especially being a psychotherapist, it's time for me to make a change. What was that breaking point for you? We say it was my birthday, October 11th. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, two years ago when I woke up and I just couldn't continue. I had done so much inner work. The journey first for me was an emotional journey to heal myself, to understand how I could be my own good mother, to find my own good mother. Since I had no example in real life, I had to to figure out what that looks like. And on that day, I, because my dad is also born on the 11th, Mm -hmm. I thought about him. And what had happened to him? Right. 62. And I just, I want to be around for my daughter and her children if she has them. I want to be healthy. I just made that commitment. And I said, God, I don't know how to do this, but I am going to begin today. And I promised myself I would never use food to shut down. Use food as a panacea 
use food as a drug. Yeah. And so I just began by very baby steps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. I think that the, the very first step was just admitting, which is in any um, you know better than I, any type of recovery situation is just admitting that, hey, we have something going on and that that cannot continue. But I love that you said that um, you had to figure out what those things that you were missing in your life, even though you didn't have an example of it explained during your in your family system, you had to figure out what those examples would look like to you and what that meant to you so that you could heal. So I hope the audience really got that point. That's very important. So you speak about, in some of your readings, Katarina, you speak about um, being kind to yourself. And I love that. It's, and so in your discovery, you articulate the, re- the relevance of pushing through anger to get to the core of you and reaching spiritual alignment. Can you, alignment, can you expound a little bit on that belief for us today? Uh, absolutely, Lisa. I'm happy to. So, in our culture, women mm-hmm. are supposed to be nice. Mm-hmm. We're not supposed to have anger. We're never supposed to be sad. If you see mm-hmm. a friend and the friend on the street will say, "How are you?" Mm-hmm. Most people would say, "Fine," right? Even if they're not, mm-hmm. because it's not healthy. It's not proper etiquette to say, mm-hmm. "You know what?" I'm actually not having a good day. Mm-hmm. Thank you for asking. I love that. People are afraid to do that. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted, I positioned myself mm-hmm. as a good girl. Right. But all of my partners had enormous anger management issues, but mm-hmm. not me, I said. Mm-hmm. And so on that day, two years ago, October, <laughs> I, I said, you know what, Katerina? You are very, very angry. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay to be angry. You have every reason to be angry. But you're not going to eat your anger away. I love that. Mm -hmm. And so, Mm -hmm. what I say to myself and to my clients, Mm -hmm. all your feelings are valid. Yes. But you don't have to act on your feelings. Right. I love that. If I could say one thing that helped me the most mm-hmm. and continues to help me in my journey toward healthy eating mm-hmm. and food is this one sentence. Mm-hmm. If I have a feeling, I honor my feeling. Mm-hmm. But just because I have this feeling, it doesn't mean that I have to act on it, nor does it actually mean that it's real. I so if I am feeling angry at you, Lisa, Mm -hmm. because of some slight that I think you did in the past, I would say, "Uh uh-oh, Lisa is mad at me. Mm -hmm. There is something, as you know, I'm a therapist, and there is something called the parental introject. Mm -hmm. And what that is, is if you have a mother or father that says you are bad, Mm -hmm. you are selfish, Mm -hmm. you are not smart. Most people internalize that. And that is called introject. And Mm -hmm. mine was so smart and so good that she said to me, Katerina, 
mm-hmm. you're bad girl. Nobody will ever love you. Wow. You're wow. ugly and unworthy. Right. And so when I heard that, mm-hmm. what I would do is then eat. So if you called me and said, you can't make our lunch date, uh-oh, I'm bad. Now I will have right. Now I'm driving to McDonald's before I even know. <laughs> and I'm in the car. I'm driving to McDonald's. Right. Now I sit with myself and say, Katarina, mm-hmm. do you feel sad that Lisa had to cancel? Right. It's okay to feel sad. Mm-hmm. But it isn't okay to go to McDonald's. I love that. I love that because um, in a previous segment, we were talking about authenticity and being honest and just really opening yourself up to um, really acknowledge who you are and what you're feeling. So I really love that because that is how easy or how hard is it to say I'm having this feeling? I think, do you think real quickly before we go to the next question, do you think that in our society that a lot of us have been so in, um, in, indoctrinated to think that it's bad for us to acknowledge that we're having a bad feeling and that you're a bad person because you feel bad for that day or for that moment, for example. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? I, totally, Lisa. I understand. Mm-hmm. So if we take that example of our imagined lunch date that you've canceled, I am allowing myself to be angry at you. Right. It's okay to be angry. But what isn't okay is to act on that anger and right. then phone you up and yell. That's not okay. Mm-hmm. It's not okay for me to then internalize that I'm bad and drive to McDonald's. But it's healthy for me to say, hey, you know what? I'm angry. I'm angry because I like you and I want to have a conversation. Or right. I'm angry because I want to be angry. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I think that when we get to that point right there, what you're saying, Katerina, that it's okay to be angry, and then you're saying don't act on it, but do you feel that there's other issues connected to that? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Because we don't think, we think very surface, I think, in our society. We're like, okay, they're having a bad day, they're acting out. But we don't think about that even, you know, from a psychotherapist's point of view or a, a coach's point of view, that our counselor's point of view, you know, whatever point of view that, hey, there are some other emotions connected to that act or that behavior. It, it's not always just about the person who's actually, who happens to be the, the target or the, I hate to use the word target, but you know, the person that that person is actually reacting to. So, so what would, what are your thoughts on that? So what I would say, again, for myself, but it could, it's exactly what I would say to a client. Right. Mm-hmm. Again, I hear you. Mm-hmm. I understand that you're angry and mm-hmm. your anger is valid. Mm-hmm. But let's look underneath that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you remember last week, Katerina, that Lisa was talking to you about her migraine? Mm-hmm. Maybe she has a migraine. Mm-hmm. Maybe... It's not even about you. Yes. Maybe something is going on in her life. Yes. That has nothing to do with you. Right. Why don't you send her a text 
and ask her how her migraines are. Extend yourself. Get out of your small self, the mm -hmm. small case mm -hmm. of Katerina, and go into the big case of I Katerina. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what is the and difference? Then, mm -hmm. Go on. No, what is the difference? Because I, I, I'm sorry, you, you're giving such great information. You're speaking about because you're speaking from a ther therapeutic perspective. So for our audience, they would want to know what, why are you saying the small K and the larger K? Of course, I would kind of think of what you mean by that, but can you just real briefly explain, explain why would someone have that type of thought, thought process? Absolutely. Okay. Thanks. So I'm glad that you asked me because my first language is metaphor and it's not most people's first language. Right. So the small K, small K is my little self. Yeah. My little three year old. Yes. Most people act from their little three-year-old. Okay. Most people go through life mm -hmm. acting from that place of three to seven. That's mm -hmm. where most most people still live. And right. so if, if I get triggered, I was I was very abandoned and neglected right. as a child. And so when you say I'm canceling, right away I go to small Katerina, little baby Katerina, who right. now is angry and right. abandoned. Right. I can't. I can't see you. Yeah. I can only see my small self being unmet. Right. I love this, Katerina. Okay. Now continue on to where someone would transition or how they would handle. Because you're saying I don't want to speak from the three to seven. I want to speak. From the big K, exactly. and I can elaborate, you know, quickly on the big K. Absolutely. So, as you so lovely introduced me, this <laughs> Queen Katerina, oh, I yes. love that. Mm -hmm. And so I, I speak from that place. I am the queen. Come on, I am, I am a benevolent queen. Yes. And so I need to see who is in front of me. Right. Is it Lisa? Who is Lisa? You are a person. Mm -hmm. Who I must extend myself to, right? And say, what is happening with you? It's not all about me, right? And mm -hmm. so, in that place of seeing you, I've extended my hand. Yes, and then it changes everything. Then I can be larger than my smaller self. I've moved now mm -hmm. into the helper instead of the helpless. Come on, yes, I love that. I love that you move from the you move to the helper versus the helpless because from what you're saying, yeah. from understanding, when we're in a helpless mode, we are we're acting on our own fears, our own past, or things, our old hurts and pains. But as we're empowered, we become that bigger version of ourselves, and then we can see things more clearly. Am I correct? Did I articulate? Did I articulate? Exactly. That's exactly correct. Awesome. And and and, and mm -hmm. maybe maybe you have canceled on me seven times. Right. Maybe I need to look at that. Is mm -hmm. this uh, is this a good friend? It isn't only it's it's the bigger picture. Right. So, but and then to get back to the food and mm -hmm. how I cope with that. What I do now when those feelings come up is I take myself and my puppy out for a long walk. Right. 
I love that. I, what I like to do, Katarina, is I love, we have a waterfall on my son's, um, in his neighborhood. And I love to just sit and watch the waterfall fall, or I'll go to the public park and just kind of, where it's just kind of, you know, my new, just, just real quiet. And I'm looking at all the trees. So I love that. So let's, let's kind of get back on track to what you alluded to. What part of your journey was easy? Because, you know, it's easy for us to say, oh, it was so hard. It was so daunting. It was so da-da-da-da-da to lose 50 pounds. But what part was easy for you in your journey? You know, I um, I laughed when I saw that yeah. question. <laughs> no part was easy. That's the point. I said, yes, ma'am. No part, Lisa. I, I know. Was that was the point. And what saying is hard. Yes. It's hard. Yes. But it's worth it. Yes. It's worth it. Yes. I love that. So how did you exercise? Because you talk about exercising and meditation. So how did those two components help you during your journey of your renewed health? For having a renewed health. I think it's important to tell your listeners, and I love to speak my truth, mm-hmm. which isn't all unicorns and rainbows of course and i've lost 50 pounds and it was easy it was it was slow it was wow. a slow process my process and because it was slow it's lasting so oh. i i tried eating the standard three meals a day mm-hmm. but i felt it was too much it, wow. i i just i couldn't I felt I was eating all the time, and then I wanted to eat more. It wasn't working for me. So what I decided was I would eat a large breakfast, uh-huh. and then I eat the second meal between four and five. Mm-hmm. In Canada, the Young and Restless comes on at four thirty, mm-hmm. which I love, and so <laughs> I usually finished. My second meal before the Young and Restless comes on. I love that. So by 4.30, I've finished. Mm-hmm. And I don't eat again until the following day. I drink. Mm-hmm. Um, I drink water. I drink tea. Wow. If I feel super hungry, I'll have some fruit. But usually, I, I just, and, I, and I have a large meal. I let myself be met with food. I don't want to feel I'm I'm met. This is not a diet. Right. No. Die is a diet. This oh, is not die, never work. Mm-hmm. So this is this is my new life. And I and it I feel so much better. And it, and some days and some nights it's hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But once a week, I allow myself popcorn at night. Once a week. Okay. okay. And, but I have dessert every day. Okay. I have cake. I have cookies. I have whatever I want. Right. I have, but I'm, what I do now, I'm mindful. Mm-hmm. And by mindful, and it's taken me these two years. And, my, and a few months, I'm mindful of how I feel. I this is the that. difficult part. Mm-hmm. I check in. And I say, Katerina, are you full? 
And in the beginning, it was, I didn't know what soul meant. Right. Because I was eating until I passed out. Right. And so I needed to see what it meant. How did it feel? Can I eat five cookies? Is that too much? Right. Is that too little? So I eat now until I'm full. I'm always aware. I just don't take the bag of cookies and eat them. But right. I, I check in. I'll eat one. Okay. So do you do think, I want one more? Right. So do you think, Katarina, about practicing or having these new healthy food choices? Or, and it sounds like a lot of discipline. Do you think that, that these, just these small changes, just you made, it seems like you made just a simple decision. Well, it wasn't just simple, but you made a decision that was right for you at the right time. And now, do you think that all of those little changes that you made is what has helped you to sustain your weight loss journey? I think it's an ongoing commitment. Okay. Mm -hmm. More than anything else for me, it wasn't about losing the weight. Mm -hmm. It was about, in the beginning, it was about not harming myself. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. And so I began walking and I thought, you know, I, I kind of feel good. In the beginning, I had never, as my father had never exercised, I had never exercised and I'm not naturally athletic. I'm slow. Mm -hmm. But I just started to walk. I walked maybe 10 blocks and I was exhausted. Yeah. And then I went out again and I walked 11. And now I walk about six or seven miles a day. Right. I, I, and that has really <laughs> helped. I love that. I love that. Real quickly, before we get, get ready to close out, you share so much good information. I, can, I, I have like a ton of more questions. But I want to get this one last question in before we give your final thoughts. And that was, um, how do you help others now heal within their weight loss journey? Because I know, especially from a therapeutic point of view. Well, this is what I'm most excited about. Right. Is that now I can give back. Mm -hmm. And I'm so enthused and enthusiastic and excited mm -hmm. about helping people. So for me, you start from the inside out. You start, you Hello. wake up in the morning mm -hmm. and you say, today is going to be a good day where right. I'm going to take care of myself. And that's, that's what I, that's how I begin my, my practice with my clients. Mm -hmm. This is what I want you to start. Most people, I meditate now for about 20 minutes a day, but mm -hmm. that's too much for people to begin with who haven't ever done it before. Right. So I say, set your timer on your phone right. for two minutes. Just sit for two minutes in the morning before you get out of bed. Right. And think good thoughts about your day. Okay. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that because would you agree that, that sometimes it is a hard commitment to just um, carve out time for us just to be with ourselves? 
because we have so much hustle and bustle to do. You know what I mean? So do you think for a lot exactly. of okay? Do you think that for a lot of our a lot of us as individuals that we do have a, a it is challenging for us to just sit and carve out time for ourselves to be good to ourselves mentally for two minutes, for example. As women, as mothers, mm-hmm. we think it's selfish. We're taught it's selfish mm-hmm. to take care of ourselves. Right. But the most unselfish thing you can do, if you're not there for yourself, how can you be there for others? Right. So by taking that time in the morning just to connect to spirit, mm-hmm. however, whatever that means to you, mm-hmm. and to commit taking care of yourself mm-hmm. also as a life coach I encourage my clients to text me their food choices I love that and, and I just again it's baby steps right. you start with baby steps mm-hmm. I am not you don't need to deprive yourself mm-hmm. I don't think there's one set diet mm-hmm. or program that helps right. anyone I think it's Whatever works for you that you can keep going with, mm-hmm. that's what I support. I love that. I love that. And I have another question on that, but I, it's time for us to get to go on. But I love what you said. I would love to have you back because I just thought about even another question. But these are your final thoughts, Katarina. Thank you for sharing so much information. You shared a lot of tips today. But during my research, what I found and came to admire about you was a quote where you stated, I was determined, family, to live my life different and never harm myself with food again. And that was such a powerful self-discovery to me. So can you share with the audience your belief about turning 60 and deciding at this stage of life, um, your, your decision, which required a, a change in mindset so that you can continue to live a fulfilling life, what would you say to that person who later in life found are is finding themselves in a very similar situation and they they are in need of an emotional as well as a physical change in order to take control of their life to be more healthier physically as well as emotional. So so can you share with the audience from your experience? Because you know sometimes we get older in age, we are wiser, but sometimes like to your point, we give up or we think we can't do something. What what would be your insight on that as in your final thoughts? We have about two minutes. Lisa, what I would tell mm-hmm. your audience, what I would tell is the same thing I tell myself mm-hmm. every day. Be kind to yourself. Mm-hmm. Just begin. Mm-hmm. And if you have a bad day and you're, you have a cheat day, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Start again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You can start again. You can have a second chance. You can have a third chance. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Every Mm -hmm. day is a new day. Every day is a chance to begin again. It's never too late. I love that. Since you you have about a minute left, let me just throw this in real quick. You talked about in your journey uh, when you were about 13 or 14, or, or I can't remember exactly the age, but dealing with the food disorder. And what about that? What? How important is for us to really just stand back and see what is the anchor of our issues? Is it a food disorder? What would you say to that person who might need to discover that, hey, I am addicted to food or, or whatever, and that's what's keeping me in this state of mind? 
it's it, I at fourteen I didn't have any tools. Mm-hmm. I just I did the best I could do. Right. Here's the food, and the food was my was my friend. It helped mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I needed to do was go back to that fourteen year old and forgive her. Yes. For doing the only thing that she knew to do at the time. Come on. Yes. I love that. I think that is so important. I'm so thankful that I went ahead and threw that last question in there because I think that it's so important that sometimes you're saying that in essence that it may stem to again going back to emotional healing, um, self forgiveness. I love yes. that. I love that. I love that. I love that. Please share a social media site where people can reach out to you and about your programs or if they, you know, in your area they want to experience your psychotherapy practice or just further more information about you. Where can they reach you, Katarina? Okay, you can send me email at love L O V E K A T I N C at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. You can find me on Twitter at Katie Angel Love, mm-hmm. all one word, or on Instagram as Cat Angel Love. You can find my blog at the Ren T H E W R E N dot word dot blog. Sorry, <laughs> dot blogspot dot com. That's awesome. Say it again. It's the Ren at wordpress dot com. That's awesome. Don't worry about it, Katarina. <laughs> and, and I hope you guys heard her last name. You know, I love her last name, Love. So I am elated to have participated in this show today, family. I know that somewhere, someone somewhere was touched by this wealth of knowledge. Thank you so much to the queen of the round table, Katarina Love, psychotherapist, author, healer, and poet. Who you can find more out uh, find more out about at www.iamlisanobles.com slash podcast.html. As a bonus, please visit www.iamlisanobles.com slash resource.html where you can receive free um uh, resources for being a part of the Kevin Speaks Podcast family. You know me, I love you, I truly do. And thank you for being a part of the show. And remember, remember family, my mantra. And as I always say. You are, you are a unique combination of experiences, clothes and purpose, strength and destiny. Have a great week and I'll see you right here next time on the the Savvy Speak Empowerment Podcast. Bye-bye and have a blessed day. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Savvy Speaks Empowerment Podcast with Ms. Lisa Nobles online at imlisanobles.com and on Facebook and Instagram at EWOFP. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review and we'll catch you next time on Savvy Speaks Empowerment Podcast. Activate, motivate, inspire.